Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. No matter what you may be dealing with today, it is possible to overcome every problem because nothing's bigger than God. And the believer has the greater one living on the inside. So let's pray and release faith and get some answers today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing, asking you for the utterance, asking you for answers and help and direction, everybody to have eyes and ears and hearts that can see and receive and discern for a quickening and strengthening of our spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pray this prayer out loud. This is uh, one of the prayers from Ephesians. Say, Lord, uh, uh, in Colossians, say, Lord, strengthen me me with strength strength by your spirit spirit. in my inner man. Make me strong for your use and your purposes. Fill me with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Work in me to will and to do of all your good pleasure and get glory to yourself in me In every way, in Jesus' name, I ask it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We know it's his will to answer those prayers and do those things because he's the one who told us what to pray. We're praying exactly that that he told us to. We've been on a subject for some weeks now that we call overcoming unbelief. Our two main uh, texts are in Hebrews 3 and 1 Corinthians 10, Hebrews 3, he said, uh, verse 12, Take heed, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Verse uh, 14, we're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. He said, verse 19, we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. Talking about that first generation of Israelites that God delivered out of uh, Egyptian bondage who failed to fulfill his will, who failed to go into the promised land and enjoy it. Now, what we've done, uh, we started back in the book of Exodus. If you haven't been with us, I believe it would benefit you to uh, 
go back and, and watch and listen to the, some of these previous ones. We actually have now over 500 faith messages on the Faith School website, and a number of them are in other languages, and we're getting more and more in other languages. So check that out, and if you have friends and family that don't speak English, check and see what we've got. There'll be more coming too. But uh, we've already covered one through uh, nine of the ten events that led up to the Lord telling these people, basic, I'm paraphrasing now, but you're not going to believe me. And so what you've been saying is going to happen to you. You've been saying you're going to die in the wilderness. That's what's going to happen. That didn't just happen overnight. That didn't just happen over one or two episodes. Ten major events over months and months led up to that. They had every opportunity. Somebody said, well, why didn't he give them more opportunities? Uh, Well, because he knew. You don't know. I don't know. But he knows if somebody's ever going to change or not. Can you see this? And he knew it wouldn't matter if you'd have given them a hundred more chances. It would have been the same result. And so, but all of this has been recorded. Why? Why do we need to know? about these failings. Well, we just got through reading in the New Testament. In Hebrews and 1 Corinthians 10, it's written for us. It's written as warnings for us and admonitions and exhortations for us. So how many think we should learn from it? And what we want to do, we want to identify the thief of unbelief. We want to see what it looks like. What it sounds like. Is that right? How it acts. How it reacts. We want to recognize it when it rounds the corner two miles away. And go, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, nope, I see you. You ugly unbelief. I will not receive you. I will not entertain you. I will not participate with you. You reject it. But so many people, they are just full of unbelief on some things, and they'd argue with you that they're not. Oh, no, I'm a faith man. I'm a faith woman. I trust God. Yeah, but you don't sound like it. You don't look like it. You're not acting like it. You're yielding to unbelief. So we need to know the difference. We need to see it and be clear on it. So we've already looked, like I said, at the nine previous. We actually looked at number 10 as well. We started off with that one. Kadesh Barnea. So if you haven't been with us, go online, faithschool.org, and look up, look under the series Overcoming Unbelief, and you can start from the beginning. A bunch of lessons uh, leading up to today, because we're at kind of a pivotal point. We're going into another part of this. And if you haven't heard the first part, well, you wouldn't get the, the most benefit out of the second part. So uh, we looked at What happened at the Red Sea? That was the first event. Right after they were delivered out of Egyptian bondage, they got to the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army was closing in on them. They failed a big test right there. They were full of fear. They were negative. They were sarcastic. They were disrespectful and unthankful. They blamed Moses. They said, we got to go back to Egypt. And that was the first 
episode and you'll find they never got that out of them. They never got that fixed. They were always, every time there was a problem, they were like, oh, we got to go back to Egypt. We, we need to go back to Egypt. Well, that's a way of saying back to bondage. Y'all hearing class? Now you might say, well, uh, you know, nobody would willingly want to go back to bondage. Millions of people did. Yeah, they did. They fought over it. We're going to see it more and more. Yeah, we got to go back. We got to go back. Hey, have you ever heard of people who had been in prison a long time becoming what they call institutionalized and that they were afraid to be out of prison? And now there's even some people, they'll commit a crime to get back in. Use, so used to being in bondage, in jail, that they're scared to be out. Well, see, that's the case with many human beings. They've been in bondage so long, and everybody around them is in the same kind of bondage, that the thought of being completely free and breaking out and doing something that was thought impossible just seems, again, terrifying to them. No, 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 we, we got to go back. We got to go back. They were property in Egypt, right? They were slaves. They were in, the whole nation was a slave nation. They were slave labor. Their parents had been, their grandparents had been for 400 plus years, four centuries. And now, against what you'd say all odds, nobody would have ever thought they would have been able to freely leave Egypt. But God did it. Is that right? With signs and wonders, he brought them out with a mighty hand. And the Bible said he, he brought them out with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Healed them, put money in their pocket, said, come on, we go into the promised land. Should there have been shouting? Should there have been gladness and rejoicing? But this journey is going to take some faith. There's some opposition you're going to have to get through. There's some giants you're going to have to overcome. There's some walls you've got to get through. Any of this sounding familiar? Yes. Huh? Yes. Is it that way today in life? Yes. Has the Lord given us some amazing things? Yes. Yeah, is His plan amazing for us? Yes. Will there be some obstacles? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But can we overcome? Yes. Can we make it through? Yes. But you won't if you give up before you ever start. And you won't. If every time there's some kind of challenge, you go, oh, I got to go back. I got to go back to bondage. I got, I, oh, this is scary. Oh, I can't. I just can't. We'll all die. That's the spirit of fear. That's the spirit of unbelief. And it doesn't um, elicit pity from God. It irritates him and can actually anger him. We need to understand this, don't we? Why? Because there's no excuse for it. After you have seen what God did in Egypt, why can't you believe that God could do miracle number 11? Right? When you have seen 10 signs and wonders that nobody ever heard of, shaking one of the greatest powers on earth to its knees, 
If he could do that, why can't he get you through this Red Sea situation? He could. But they failed that test. At, at Marah, they murmured and complained. At the wilderness of Zen, at the manna test. You remember the manna test? <laughs> he said, uh, don't save it. So what did they do? They saved him. And he said, don't go out on the Sabbath to get some. So what did they do? They went out. See, hard-headed, stubborn. Now, I'm sure their excuse is, yeah, but we're out in the desert. There's no food anywhere. I can't stay in my tent and thinking maybe there's some food out there. You can't obey God. You can't listen to him. You, you, you think you know better than him. This is the thing he was dealing with. For month after month after month after month that led up to Kadesh Barnea to where he said, okay, all right, you want to die out here? You can die out here. They would not listen to him. They would not believe him. They would not trust him. Now, why are we talking about this? Because the New Testament warns us, don't let this happen to you. Say it out loud. I refuse. I refuse. To be, to be unbelieving. I refuse, I refuse to doubt my God. I refuse to yield to fear and shrink back into bondage. I refuse to doubt my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, uh, when we started our, our first uh, uh, church there in Branson, um, Phyllis and I had never pastored before. We'd been in the ministry for 20 years traveling, but we'd never pastored. And the way the Lord led us was to, to buy a sizable property uh, with an auditorium that seated 3,000 people, and we had no congregation. <laughs> and and uh, we didn't have the money to do it, but we stepped out, we sold some stuff we had, and we got into a, a lease purchase situation where we were expected to buy it at the end of the lease. And um, uh, we were staying there in town at a little uh, hotel place. And, and night after night, I had the calculator out and I was trying to think, well, this is going to take this and this is going to take that. And after a few nights, I just put the calculator back in the drawer because it's not going to work. I, I can't make it happen. I, I, I can't see how to make it happen. And we even had some people, you know, that said, you know, to us, uh, why do you want to do this? I mean, you have a good traveling ministry. You, you have partners. You have things that's paid for. Man, you bite off that big property. You could get in a mess. You know, these even the utilities on something like that. It's big and, and this and that. And so, you know, that didn't help. <laughs> And after a while of that, everybody say choice, choice. choice. You've got to make a choice. After a while of that, I finally said, uh, somebody else was saying something about it. I said, look, I'm a man. Phyllis is a woman. We could miss it. We could make a mistake. And if we do, we'll just say, hey, we messed up and we'll repent. But I would rather uh, step out to trust God and fall flat on my face trying to believe him and obey him than being too chicken, too scared to even try to do anything, to even try to listen to him or obey him. Come on, can you see that? 
And see, that was the choice here. Somebody said, well, well what if we die? Uh, honey, it's not going to be long till you're gone. <laughs> right? I mean, what do you mean if we die? Everything around you is dying. Your, your flowers, your goldfish, is that right? And, and, and in a very short amount of time, you're going to leave here. And it's not just, can I eke out another day or two of existence down here in this curse-filled earth? No. Let's go out with a bang. Let's, is that right? Let's go out with a shout. Let's not be so fearful that we're gripped in bondage and that we won't listen to God and we won't do what he tells us to do because of fear. I despise fear. Do you? I, I detest it. And I despise unbelief because there's no, there's no justification for it. There's no excuse for it. God has never lied to anybody. Is that right? He has never failed to keep his word to anybody. He has never been unfaithful to anybody. So why should we doubt him? It's that spirit of unbelief. Can you see that? It's the enemy that comes. And you'll have these feelings. And there's the spiritual pressure and this influence to be scared and to draw back and pull back. But we're not of those that draw back. We're those that believe. Hallelujah. Somebody say faith forward. Glory to God. We're those that believe to the saving of the soul. And that's that same spirit of faith that Joshua and Caleb had. They saw the giants too. They saw the walled cities too. They saw the same thing these other guys that are shaking in their boots saw. But what they say? Uh-uh. We can do it. Let's go. Let's take this thing. God picked it for us. He's got it for us. And he is well able to give it to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever the Lord has said to you, say it out loud. He is well able to give it to me. He's well able. He caused me to experience it. Caused me to enjoy it. My God is faithful and well able. Well able. Well, Abel, we, we saw through these ten times, the, like we said, the manna test, the Sabbath test. We, we talked about what happened at Rephidim. That was number six event. We talked about what happened at Sinai. Uh, and um, boy, that, that was a big one there. You know, um, God had told them, they heard the voice of God out of the fire giving them what we call the Ten Commandments. And the first one is that you'll, you'll have no other God beside him. You worship the Lord your God, like Jesus said, him only shall you worship. And, and the next one was, you don't have any idols. You don't make any idols. So then they got, and they all said, oh, that, yes, we'll do it, yes. Uh, and they told Moses, you know, you go talk to him because we're, we're afraid, uh, afraid, afraid. If we hear this voice again, we're going to all die. And so he said, okay. But he was gone longer than they thought he would be. And so they said, uh, we don't know what's happened to this Moses guy. Uh, we need to make us some new gods and a captain to go back to Egypt. So they made them some golden calves. And Aaron said, these are your gods that brought you out of Egypt. Reading it, you just, you can hardly believe it, right? You, you think, what? What? 
And yet the New Testament is warning us, warning us, don't, don't let this happen to you. They thought they'd never see Moses again. But anyway, they blatantly tried to replace God with some gold statues and replace Moses with somebody that they could control and lead them back to bondage, back to Egypt. It really made God mad. And if uh, uh, Moses hadn't intervened, if he hadn't interceded, that would have been the end of that whole deal. But God's merciful. He gave him another opportunity. Now we can see one reason why he told uh, Moses, stand back and let me just wipe this out and I'll start over with you. Why? Because he gave them multiple other opportunities and they never changed. So this thing, once people are ingrained in it, it can be a challenge to get them out. And you can't make anybody change. It'll have to be their choice, whether they're fearful and unbelieving or whether they're full of faith in God. At Tabera, we saw what happened. At Kibroth Hateva, uh, they didn't control their lusts and desires. And, and, and at Kadesh Barnea, it came to a head. And uh, when they had seen the promised land, the ten of the twelve spies brought up an evil report. And they slandered the land. The land, God said, was a good land that flowed with milk and honey. They said, no, it's a bad place. It'll eat you alive. You'll die there. That is, that's in the face of God, slandering what he said was good. And so they were ready to stone Joshua and Caleb for saying, no, let's go get it. Let's go get it. And they all sat in their tents all that night. It would have been an awful sound to hear, what, two million people crying and sobbing throughout their tents all night long. And it angered the Lord. Well, he has every right to be angry with this. Right after all he's done, after bringing them out, after all the miracles, after all the preparation. And so, you know, he talks about this. Go with me to, to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. I believe it's the sixth chapter. He, he talks about this. Actually, let's, let's start in Deuteronomy 9. Uh, verse 6, he said, understand that the Lord your God doesn't give you this good land to possess it for your righteousness, for you are a stiff-necked people. Remember and forget not how you provoked the Lord to wrath in the wilderness from the day you did depart out of the land of Egypt until you came to this place. You have been rebellious against the Lord. Now, this is what we're getting into now. Because you'll find we, we actually have covered the ten accounts, the ten events. But there are five additional events that happened after Kadesh Barnea. And we're going to go into them. And um, you're going to see this come up in the very next one here, number 11 event. 
is this issue of rebellion. Remember we talked about a couple of days ago, class, um, how that there are two different kinds of unbelief. There is an ignorant unbelief, and then there is an unpersuadable unbelief. And that word's also translated disobedient. And it, and it accompanied with it's the idea of rebellion. The reason, like he said in Hebrews 3, don't let an evil heart of unbelief be in you like them, because when people hear unbelief, they tend to think, well, bless their hearts, you know, they're struggling. No, in cases like this, it is a rebellion against God. It is a choice to defy Him and argue with Him and, and a refusal to listen and obey. And this, this kind of thing is inspired and influenced by the devil himself who inspired rebellion against God long ago and who inspired and moved our parents, Adam and Eve, to not listen to God and to reject what he said and disobey. The spirit of unbelief is also the spirit of disobedience, is also the spirit of rebellion. Rebellion. Now, the whole world is influenced by the enemy. We just got through reading in Corinthians, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that don't believe. And that, that rebellious defiance is all through the planet. I won't. You can't make me. I refuse to. That is the enemy's influence when it comes to refusing God. And so that's what he said. He said, uh, you've been rebellious against the Lord. Verse uh, 13, the Lord said, I've seen this people. Behold, it is a stiff-necked people. And that's another way of saying they won't give. They won't yield. He said, let me alone. Uh, that I may destroy them and make of you a nation mightier, mightier and greater than they. He said, verse 22, at Tabera and Massa and Kibroth Hateva. These are these we just got through studying previously. You provoked the Lord to wrath. That alone is reason not to do it. I don't want to do anything that aggravates the Lord. Do you? That he really despises. That makes him, I want to be far from that, right? He said, likewise, when the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea and said, go up and possess the land which I've given you, you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God and you believed him not. Can you see, not refusing to believe and rebellion in the same phrase. You have been rebellious against the Lord from the day I knew you. And they had not changed. And that's what the Bible is warning us about. Do not be like that. Say it out loud. I refuse to be defiant with God. I refuse to be rebellious with God or His people. Thank you, Lord, for helping me to have a right heart. A heart that trusts you. 
Praise God. Well, that's it. Our time's up for today. We'll see you back tomorrow here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 